Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. I just want to give you an update on, on the church of how things are going in Mozambique. We have, like Pastor Mike said, we have three, three campuses now working on starting the fourth sometime soon. We're not in a hurry, but God has been moving us that way. And it's such a blessing to be able to see all that God has been, despite all of the COVID restrictions, despite all of the, there's, we still have some restrictions there. And despite all of the struggles and the hardships that we've been going through, the church has been growing. All the campuses have been doing really well. Campus, the main campus, the, the second campus, and the third campus were two years old at the third campus. And it's just been amazing to see all that God is doing in that neighborhood, in that region. What we have found is people that have been coming to our main campus, when either they get moved for work or they get moved because they were watching over someone's property, they get moved to another location, and then they, they keep coming to church from there. But we have found, hey, let's go to them. And that's where we've planted a campus. So now at our possibly a fourth location, Lord willing, amen, and uh, so that's, we've been going there because people from the church have been reaching out and telling others about what's going on at Healing Place in Mozambique. And uh, we, just, we just ordained two of the pastors uh, for the campuses. And what I, it was one of the best moments I've ever had in Mozambique because we called in all of the campuses, all three locations plus the ones that are uh, that are possible fourth location. We call them all in at to the main campus, and we had everybody there, and we bust them in, and we had to do go back and forth again, and always transportation problems, and it was just so cool to see that. And I remember going to the second campus after that weekend of ordaining the the pastors, and I was saying, hey, now I have to call Pastor so and so. I mean, do I have to call him Pastor? And a lady front row she interrupted me and said, no, 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 no. He's always been our pastor. Just now he's got the stripes to show it. You know, so <laughs> she interrupted me in the middle of my speech. You know, so it was really cool to see that because she had always been seen her campus pastor as her local pastor, which is amazing. It's, it's such a, a comforting to, to hear that from them, you know. And uh, we continue to serve people. We continue to help the needy. We continue to feed kids. And church, I want to thank you. I want to honor you for all that you're doing in Mozambique and in Swaziland and all around the world because it is such an important part of what God is doing. God is still moving. God is still healing. God is still, and you're part of that. And I just want to honor you for that today and, and, and thank you from the bottom of my heart because, I, you know, I, I get the privilege to go out and be there, be the hands and feet, but I wouldn't be able to do it if I wasn't sent. You know, so thank you so much for that. And then look, looking back all these years, you know, uh, back in April, we celebrated 15 years of Healing Place Church Mozambique. It's been a long run. It's been not as long as uh, I feel much older than what I've been there. <laughs> you know, the, the gray hair sinking in very quickly. I've got pictures. It seems like two weeks ago, and now it's all dark hair, and then all of a sudden, all gray, but it happens. That's the mission field for you. Uh, but uh, at least it's staying up here, you know, so uh, 
So we're, at least we're keeping it up. If it's gray or whatever color it's going to be, at least it's staying. Hopefully, hopefully. I better not jinx myself here. You know. But, uh, you know, and then uh, just this past Friday, my wife and I, we celebrated 16 years of marriage. And, you know, it, 16 years ago, that was a pivotal moment in my life. And I remember before that, if we backtrack even a little bit more, if we look back even a little further, I remember to this day, I was living in Gonzales. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was living in Gonzales and we're close to EA there. And I remember very vividly God speaking to my heart, saying, hey, go back to Brazil as a missionary. Single, go back to Brazil. And God began opening doors for me to go back to Brazil, a family that I knew, but wasn't even that close to, but I knew, and they were, they were faithfully serving in the church, and they sold a car so I can pay off some debt to be able to go debt-free. And I remember coming to, the, to my leadership and saying, hey, I feel God telling me to go back to Brazil, and they said, yes, okay, good. And I, and I, and I remember uh, going to uh, Pastor Johnny Green, he was missions pastor, just long enough for me to get approved to go to the mission field. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and, and I remember sitting down with him, and I, I was working out in Donaldsonville with the church there and everything, and, and so not many people here knew me that well. They knew of me, maybe, because I got in trouble a lot with Mr. Earl. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I remember, hey, yes, let's do that. Let's go. So I went to Brazil. And as we're in Brazil, I started talking with my current wife, beautiful. I remember I emailed her one time, and I had known her back when I was 13, and I emailed her, and then she emailed me back. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is game over here. I got this. That's my interpretation of the story. <laughs> if she speaks one day, she'll be able to tell you the truth on that. You know, so... I, but uh, we started talking, and we, we, it was a long-distance relationship. She lived in a different city. I was in the Amazon with helping my parents, helping the church down in the Amazon in Manaus. And, and then I got a phone call. Hey, God's telling us to start a church in Mozambique. And I, I mean, back then, not even Google knew about Mozambique. <laughs> and uh, I tried. Believe me, I tried. And Google didn't know much. And, but I remember that moment was a pivotal moment in my life. And then we got married. Six months, three months later, we were here in the States. And then three months later, we were landing in Africa to try to plant a church in Mozambique. But before that, I remember to this day, there was a very pivotal moment in my life as well. We were still in the, in the annex building that didn't have this here yet in 2007. And I remember to this day, a moment that I had with God where I told him, God, I can't do this, which is true. I can't do it. I've never done this. I don't even know how to get to Mozambique. <laughs> Google doesn't know how to get to Mozambique. <laughs> but then I said, God, but I know you can. And I felt this heavy burden be lifted off of my shoulders. And I knew, okay, God's going before me. And these pivotal moments in our lives, are, they, they change everything. 
And since we're talking about missions, and, and I couldn't help but my favorite uh, missionary in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. I'm a little biased toward him because he was a great missionary, so we, we got a lot in common, you know. And uh, he's seen the third heaven. I've been on a plane at 35,000 feet. It's close enough. He wrote the majority of, of uh, a big portion of the, Old Te- the New Testament. I've written a few thank you cards. So we, we, we've got a lot in common, you know. <laughs> But the Apostle Paul had a very pivotal moment in, our, in his life. And in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, this is what it says. Look at his story here, his conversion story. The moment in which that changed everything, that to this day, we're seeing the repercussions of it. Let's read this together. In Acts 9, verse 1. Now Saul, still breathing threats, and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul. The context, it speaks not of uh, harsh, but uh, just soft compassion. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. There were a lot of people named Jesus back then, but Jesus didn't need to introduce himself. He says, I am Jesus, the blue checkmark Jesus. I'm the one, the official And he says, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But get up, enter the city, Damascus, and it will be told you what you must do. You know, here we see Saul, Saul, and Jesus uh, called him Saul. And then later on in the same chapter, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, God appeared to Ananias and told him about Saul. So Saul was his Hebrew name, and Paul was his Roman name. He had both citizenships, so he had his Hebrew name and he had his uh, Roman name. Because he was an apostle to the Gentiles, that's why they called him more uh, by the name of Paul. So for simplicity's sake, we're going to call him Paul this whole time. Is that okay? Is that good? So here is one of the greatest encounters, the most descriptive salvation stories you can see in the Bible. And here's Paul. He's on his way to go persecute more people than he already had. He participated in Stephen's killing, and now he's going to another, he's expanding his ministry. (laughs) He's expanding his mission. He's going to another city to persecute more Christians. And he thought he was doing something for God. He thought he was doing God's mission, God's calling for his life. But this encounter with God was a pivotal moment for him. Everything changed from this point forward. He thought he knew God until Jesus introduced himself to him. He thought he was doing the right thing until Jesus showed up in his life. There was a definite, there was a decisive before and after, and this is the moment. You know, Paul became one of the greatest missionaries that has ever lived. He wrote a huge portion of the New Testament, like I mentioned earlier. 
He started churches all over the region and trained leaders. He gave us the blueprints to leadership. He gave us the blueprints to church governance. He gave us the blueprints to church doctrine. He did amazing. And it all started with this one pivotal moment of transformation when he met Jesus for the first time and for real. He probably saw Jesus passing by, but this moment captured him. This moment changed him when he saw Jesus in a different light. And God did this, all of these great things that he did with the Apostle Paul, he did this with this man that was on the way to Damascus to do some damage toward Christianity. But God had other plans, amen? And it's so comforting to know that God has other plans for our lives, that we may think we're on the right path, we may think that we're doing the right thing, but God has other plans. And his plans are better. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. His ways are perfect. You know, there's pivotal moments in our life still to this day. Maybe your graduation, maybe your wedding, your new job. We've all, we all have pivotal moments in our lives. Children, that's a pivotal moment, huh? <laughs> maybe it's the day you, you met Jesus. It is a pivotal moment. You know, there's a, there's a couple in our church that she tells her testimony and she says that before they met Christ, they were just scraping bottom, trying to make ends meet, caring for their kids. They were just scraping bottom. And they were trying to save up a little bit of money to buy a piece of property and to have a property of their own. Many people there, when they can't afford a property, and they, they, they're, they're, if they're not given a piece of land, they'll, they'll just... Uh, keep people's property for them and to keep people from, from squatting and, and taking over that property and, and everything else, you know? So that's what they have been, have been doing their whole life, going from house to house, just, just holding people's uh, properties for them. And they were trying to save up, and then he drank all of their savings away. Until one day she cried out to God in desperation, God! Was I born to suffer? Was I born to live this miserable life? Help us, God. A God she didn't know yet completely. A short time later, little disclaimer, if I start tearing up, it's, it's allergies, okay? Short time later, Someone asked them to care for a house, for a property, across the street from Healing Place Church. <laughs> and that's where they met Jesus. And their whole family's in church and involved in church and in leadership. And their sons are in the worship team and everything. When she cried out to God, he met them where they were. They didn't, he didn't wait to meet them. Until they got their life together. He met them on the road that they were on. 
You know, there's so many, there's, that was a pivotal moment for their lives because the minute they moved to the really close to the property, across the street from the church, they could see God's love. They experienced God's love. They met Jesus face to face and it transformed their lives completely. Imagine this. It trans- when she cried out to God, God met her there and now her life and their lives are transformed completely for eternity. Forever. Now they have a relationship with him. And all of these pivotal moments in our life, when we meet Jesus, Jesus will meet you where you are on the road you're on. No matter what you're going through in life. Paul thought he was going to do good things for for God by getting rid of some of these Christians. He thought he was doing a good thing. That's the road that he was on. And something I've learned, church, it doesn't matter what road you're on. God wants you to meet you there. He wants to meet you there. And he'll never leave you. And he'll never leave you the same. God wants to meet you on the road you're on. And he'll never leave you. And he'll never leave you the same. Because God is still operating. God is still transforming lives. And God is doing that all over the world. God is active. God is healing. God is transforming. God is giving rebirth to people and new creations every single day. And you're part of that. And look at some of the stories that you see in the Bible of Jesus meeting people on the road. He'll meet you where you are. Blind Bartimaeus, Pastor Paul Musso preached a few uh, Sundays ago about this. He was on the side of the road begging, and Jesus was passing by. Jesus knew he was there. Somebody that's poor, a poor beggar. And Jesus met him on the roadside. And then you think of the story of Zacchaeus. You remember him? Climbed a tree as Jesus was passing by. Jesus knew he was there. He called him by name. Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house today. And then I think of, of the Samaritan woman. A, a, a people group despised by the Jews. Let me give you a, sort of an example. It might be a little exaggerated. But let's say you don't like LSU fans. Let's say you don't like Alabama. Okay? And let's say you have to get to Florida from here. If you disliked Alabama so much, you would rather go around Alabama to get to Pensacola instead of going through it. That's how the the Jews, some of the Jews looked at Samaritans. They would rather go a a longer way around, spend more time on the road than to go through Samaria. But Jesus said, "Uh, uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. There is someone I need to meet on that road from here to there that I have an encounter with her. And it changed her life. It was a pivotal moment. And her whole community was saved because of that moment. God will meet you on the road you're on. And he's not going to leave you there. And he's not going to leave you the same. 
That's exciting news, church. Because sometimes we think we've got to clean up our lives in order for God to meet us. We've got to put things in order. We've got to put God on a schedule, <laughs> on our calendar. But he's saying, I'll meet you when I meet you. And it will, you'll never be the same. Then there's Paul, you know, we, the blind, a, a poor beggar, poor blind beggar. Then there's Zacchaeus, hated and despised as a tax collector. Then there's the Samaritan woman, considered inferior, neglected, dejected. She even went on a different time of day to the well. And then there's Paul, <laughs> plain old persecuting, and hating on God, Paul. Complete rebellion against God. And Jesus met Paul on that road and told him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? <laughs> what are you doing? Go into the city. I want to encourage you, to read when you get home today, read the, Read the whole chapter. It's an amazing story of Paul's conversion. You know, there's a, a lady, right before we came, we, we, we've been here about a month and a half, almost two months, and right before we came, a lady, we, uh, Carol was doing a women's, uh, women's service, and she was preaching on uh, identity in Christ, and, and she was talking about the certainty of our salvation. And afterwards, a lady came up to her and told her story. And, and, and she, she, she had found a job. She was washing clothes. She was, she was taking care of uh, washing clothes for this couple, for this family. And one day, she found a lot of money in one of the pockets of the man's pants as she was washing this clothes. She found a lot of money there. And I'll give you some context here. A day's wage is about... I think for this kind of work, if I'm not mistaken, a day's wage is about $3 a day if she, were, if she were getting paid daily. And she said she found a lot of money in this pocket, like a lot. And she could have taken the money. It would have helped her family a ton. She could have taken that money, and the guy would have never known. He would have thought he lost it. He would have thought it fell out of his pocket. He would have never known that that money, that she had taken that money. But instead, what did she do? She called the family over and showed them all of the money that she had found. Now again, this is a family that lives and is getting jobs at $3 a day. And you know what she told Carol? She told my wife, she said, look, I could have taken that money. I needed that money, but I knew I shouldn't take it. I knew it. I, this is what she said. I know who I am in Christ. That's what she said. I know who I am in Christ. I don't need to be dishonest and steal. I am a daughter of God. This is families that are living on next to nothing. You can't tell me that's not an encounter with God that she had. 
A meeting with Jesus will never leave you the same. He'll transform your life forever. When, when, uh, when Jesus introduces himself to Paul, he asks, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Jesus didn't retaliate. Jesus didn't fight him. Jesus, Jesus could have killed him. Justifiably. He could have said, Paul, you're persecuting me, so now you're dead. <laughs> but no, Jesus took Paul's zeal for God, for the things of God, transformed his heart and used him to change history, to change church history. If you read the rest of the book of Acts, it, it, it follows Paul. It doesn't follow the, the other apostles anymore. It follows more of Paul's story. He changed history. He changed how the church was functioning. God had a plan for Paul's life even, even before anybody saw it. Even before Paul himself saw it, God had a plan. And then later on, when you see uh, God talking to Ananias to go pray for Paul because he was blinded and everything else, look what it says on uh, John, uh, Acts 9.15. It says, but the Lord said to Ananias, said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. Before Paul knew who he was, this is what God was telling him about him. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. It's worth it. It's worth it. God will meet you wherever you are. Just like he did with Paul. It's the same God. Paul's, Paul's just as special as each and every one of us. Because we're his children. We are God's sons and daughters. Just like God had a plan for Paul's life, God has one for you and me. And look what, later on when you see all his letters, when he, he's talking to the, the, the Corinthians, when he's talking to the Thessalonians, the Galatians, and all of the churches that he wrote to, look what he says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Galatians 2.20, we know the verses. They're famous verses, but they're great reminders of the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we meet him face to face. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Now remember this. This is the Paul that was trying to persecute Christians, has an encounter with God, and now look what he's writing to us today. I, he's talking to himself, about himself. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, Paul was saying. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. What powerful words. This is coming from someone that had a deep encounter with God. You may be thinking, oh, but those are Bible stories. It's the same God. It's the same Bible. 
Maybe different geography? Okay. Maybe different timeline? Different few years back? It happened? But God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He's still transforming lives. Remember, this story happened after Jesus' resurrection. If Jesus was alive when he talked to Paul, he's alive today, wanting to talk to each and every one of us. Will it be as dramatic as this story of Paul's conversion? Maybe not. <laughs> it could be. I wish. There was a young girl that's coming to church with us. Her parents are from another religion. And for a while, they made her go to their services. She couldn't come to our services anymore to church. And they made her go there. And one day, she took her her mother to the hospital, she had to do a procedure. And all they had was the $2, $2 to get back home, to catch the bus to go home after the consultation. When they get there, they find out that they needed to pay the $8 consultation fee. If you do the math, it's not gonna work. But then she told her mom, let's pray. And they sat there and they prayed and nothing happened. And she said, let's pray again. And they kept on praying. The mom was a little standoffish because she wasn't part of that religion. She wasn't part of our church. She was from a different religion. But they prayed. A few minutes later, a nurse comes, calls them over, and they're able to do the consultation for free. And the parents noticed there's something different about our daughter. We're not going to make her go to our services. We're not going to make her be a part of what we're, what we're a part of. She, she needs to go back to church. They made her go back to Healing Place Church. <laughs> and not just that. When she honored God with her life, you know what happened? God opened the doors and someone donated, someone gave for her to have full scholarship to be a nurse's technician. And she's in classes now. She's doing the course right now. All because she met Jesus and she, and she knew that he was faithful. He knew that he was a miracle working God. And he, she trusted God and God opened the doors and blessed her life. Young lady in the church that met Jesus face to face. And as, as I close... I tell you these stories. Why do I tell you these stories and, and this message? It's so you, it's, it's just a simple, I could go on and on, a story after story about the transforming work that God is doing all over the world. Pastor Jeff has seen it, has been over there. Many of you have been to our campuses and have been in, in Eswatini and Honduras and Spain, all that God is doing through the church. But you know what? God is still moving. God's using this church to be his hands and feet. And you're a part of that. Church, you're being used by God as he transforms lives all over the world. But you know something also? As a congregation, 
God is pleased with and using this church to reach so many people for him. But at the same time, as an individual, as an individual, as each person here, I want to challenge you, each and every one of us, where, let's just take a brief moment, right where you are. Where are you? You know, if you could bow your head just to spend some time with God and let him speak to you today. Where are you, church? As an individual, I don't know where exactly you are in your life. Maybe, maybe you've been walking with God and this message has been encouraging to you. Thank you, Lord, for that. Maybe you've walked and you've seen God's faithfulness through it all, all these years. But maybe you're here today and you haven't had an encounter with Jesus in this way. You haven't met him. You don't know him yet. Maybe he's a far off person that you know about, that you've heard of, but haven't met personally. Or maybe you've run away from him and you're trying to find your way back. He'll come to you. Maybe you're on the road to a crumbling marriage. Maybe you're on a path of hopelessness or anxiety or depression or you're battling pornography. Whatever it may be, whatever you're going through, whatever road you're on, God will meet you there and he'll never leave you the same. So where are you today? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.